Making a solo debut is actually a complex process. Many things have to be taken into account for a solo debut to happen and then be successful. Over the years, the Seiyu industry has graced us all with awesome talents both as Seiyu as well as singers, with some of those Seiyu making awesome transitions to the music industry. However, behind those successful stories, there are plenty of cases of Seiyu that badly timed their debuts and thus are not popular right now, or even if they are, they struggle to sell enough copies of their CDs to actually be considered successful solo artists. Then there are those Seiyu that made a late debut age-wise, however incredibly early career-wise, something that ended up hindering their chances at being popular. Let's kick off this episode of Seiyu Lounge. Welcome to Seiyu Lounge, I am your host Vanessa and today's topic is Badly Timed Debuts and Late Debuts. Once again, this topic is inspired by a comment by PM on episode 46 of Seiyu Lounge. Without further ado, let's resume this topic from where I left it off in the previous episode. If you haven't checked episode 50, I invite you to do so because this episode carries over from it. And speaking of carrying over, popularity in 2D projects is just that it does not carry over to solo projects. Although much has changed since the early noughties and early tens, and CU are now, if they put effort into their music, welcomed with open arms by the music industry, there are a couple of things to have into account coming from their fans. Popularity from 2D music projects does not carry over to solo projects. That's the hard truth. And that's because of how fans of 2D music projects interact with the work by the Seiyuu part of those projects. There are many Seiyuu fans that absolutely refuse to follow the music endeavors of their favorite Seiyuu. Those fans may have their own reasons for not wanting to follow the music endeavors of their favorite Seiyuu. However, the fact that there's a fringe of fans that won't follow that Seiyuu if they venture to the music industry should serve as a red flag for a solo debut. Why is that? If a popular Seiyuu has, for example, a fan club and there are 5,000 registered paying fans, how many of those actually want to follow their music career? And out of those, how many will actually purchase their music? It makes you think, doesn't it? Now, imagine Seiyuu that are only popular in the context of the 2D music projects they are a part of. Outside of that, fans don't really care much about their endeavors in the music industry, regardless if those are solo or as part of a band or unit. A good example of that is Kent Ito as part of Matero versus Kent Ito as part of You Make. He's massively talented as a singer and he is a skilled music composer with plenty experience under his belt. I believe he is one of the most talented singers among male Seiyuu, yet it seems that people have yet to notice that aside from his work in 2D music projects. 
and thus he does not experience the same level of popularity in his personal music projects as he does as part of 2D music projects. Let's see. As part of Matero, he's got multiple gold records and hundreds of thousands of music streams. As part of You Make, he doesn't sell well and music streams are low. See what I mean about the popularity from the 2D project not carrying over to the Seiyuu? And notice how dangerous it is for Seiyuu nowadays to make solo debuts based on that popularity? Once again I mentioned Gakuto Kajiwara solo debut that has exactly that at its core. It's a debut cashing in on popularity boom due to being in a buzzworthy 2D music project. Well, some fans only follow 2D groups because they don't want to feel attached or feel disappointed in Seiyuu should they do any wrongs. You know, the cheating scandals, bad or improper behavior, and the sort that from time to time hits the tabloid news in Japan. When Seiyuu are pondering their solo debuts, they should have into attention that their fanbase is actually pretty complex. There are fans that only follow them because they are part of a specific 2D music project. These types of fans don't really care about the Seiyuu by the end of the day, they only care about the characters they voice and thus they are, usually, not the type of fans that will support the Seiyuu solo career or any group or Seiyuu unit endeavors. Then there are those that are only fans of the Seiyuu's voice acting work and don't care about the music. Those are the purest fans. Although not a rule, most old-school fans of Seiyuu fit this bill. And lastly, there's a fringe of fans that follow everything they do and are keen to support them by purchasing their music or even streaming it. Those are a fringe. And when weighing whether or not to make a solo debut and to avoid messing up their debut and falling into oblivion as artists, so you should only make a debut if those fringe numbers are, in estimate, around 2,000 to 4,000 fans. Below those numbers, their solo debuts are going to be made in insanity difficulty mode. How to know if they have around 2,000 to 4,000 fans? From time to time, Seiyuu do fan-sign events, album release events, and hold online shows that only those that pay can have access to, and some even launch fan clubs. For most of those activities, fans will have to register on a website, something that is instrumental for Seiyuu and their talent agencies or music labels. Although all of those sound like fun activities for fans to partake in, there's a twist to those. Those events or platforms serve as a way to gauge how many fans that specific Seiyuu has. There's plenty of other ways to assess that, but these are usually the chosen ones as the number of people attending a birthday or fan sign event, for example, can't be gamed. Which is to say, there can't be one person pretending to be 30 or more. That way you avoid fanatical fans that register several accounts to follow their favorites just to artificially boost forward numbers or even the ones that purchase 30 or 40 copies of the same CD just to boost sales numbers for Seiyuu. Physical events are events that only allow fans to watch the live streams from only one platform 
help unlocking away fans that could artificially give a sense that a CEU is extremely popular when they aren't, for example. At the same time, with physical presence required at events or by asking for fans to pay to access content, CEU are in that way assessing how many willing paying fans they have. Those are the ones most likely to support them when they make a solo debut and, later on, anything related to their music career. This, of course, isn't a fallible method, because sometimes there are people that follow that CU and actually purchase their music, but they don't attend those events nor pay those subscriptions. I don't know about you, but I am this type of fan. I purchase music by my favorite CU, but I refuse to join their fan clubs, and thus I am not counted among those willing, paying fans that say you have into account for solo debuts to happen or new content to be released. Of course, as an international fan, I would never be taken into account. Music labels still don't take into account the international fans of Seiyu. And Japanese music charts do not count CD sales at Japanese online stores made to overseas. In my opinion, they should count those because the music was purchased to a retailer based in Japan, but hey, who am I to dictate how Oricon and Billboard should work? Back to the topic at hand. Even among those willing paying fans, there are some that, for example, only want that status of being a member of a fan club to rub it off on the other fans online or even in person. They want to feel exclusive. Nothing else matters. By the end of the day, those fans are not willing to support the CU solo career to begin with. And if they can, they will be the ones to download the CU's music illegally instead of purchasing or streaming it. There may be exceptions though, however, if you check Yahoo auctions in Japan, you'll see plenty of fan club exclusive merchandise for sale, so you can take your conclusions from that to gauge what type of fans are those that chase after a status within a fandom. All this to say, when it comes to solo debuts, fans are a wild card. You can't really predict to amazing detail how many fans a CU has or if something minor in their career will or not affect those numbers. Fans are, indeed, a wild card, even for music labels. After talking about rushing solo debuts and how success in 2D groups does not translate to real fans, it's time to cover another topic. Is debuting late in a CU's career a bad idea? And how late is that late? As long as the CU is passionate about being an artist, I'll say that it's never too late to make a solo debut. However, the music industry doesn't think the same. And fans also don't think the same. Music sells because it is trendy. At times it sells because it has depth. But we can all agree that most of the times, music sells because Seiyu have good looks. Yep, looks help selling music. I've talked about it on episodes 46 up to 48, on how the idol industry has been influencing Seiyu artists, and one of the ways it is through the insane visual standards required of Seiyu to make solo debuts. Good looks sell because people love to watch beautiful or handsome people. 
Sometimes the quality of the music doesn't even matter to those fans, they only care about the looks. And that's why, while there are plenty of charming and handsome seiyuu in their 40s and 50s, truth is, not many people consider seiyuu in that age group to have good looks, and thus, even if they are insanely talented as singers, they won't fare that well should they want to make a solo debut. And that explains why some seiyuu tend to stop their solo careers when they reach their 40s. There are some exceptions, like Jurota Kosugi, that kicked off his solo artist activities pretty late into his career, but his case is far from being a rule among seiyuu. For music labels, a late solo debut is one made in their 30s. You'll want to nab the seiyuu you want for your music label in their mid-20s. By that time, they are no longer rookies, with some exceptions, and they have those young looks that most people want to see in their favorite artists. It's the perfect time, at least from a business and artist management perspective, to sign Seiyu as solo artists. Like I said before, for me, as long as Seiyu are passionate about being artists and are not just doing it for the money, something that you can easily tell by how involved they are in their music or even the effort they put into their singing, I am of the opinion that Seiyu can make solo debuts even if they are considered old by most people. The chances for success for Seiyu making their solo debuts in their 30s or later are not high, but as long as they are passionate and have a passionate group of people supporting them, they can indulge in that passion of theirs and aim at being seiyuu artists. Should seiyuu, regardless of their age, make solo debuts because of a sudden boom in popularity? Short answer, if seiyuu want to quickly earn a lot of money and don't care much about artist career longevity, yes. If they care about their career and have some sort of integrity as artists, I'll say they shouldn't. The seiyuu industry is exactly that an industry. And as in every industry, the people active in it will want to earn money for their talents. That's only fair. That mindset, however, is exacerbated when Seiyu join 2D music projects and those projects experience a lot of success. At times, Seiyu notice a popularity boom for themselves because of those projects. And thus, they will want to capitalize on it. That mentality of striking while the iron is hot is very much present in the most recent rushed solo debuts. Music labels love fast and easy money, so you want to be paid. That's the perfect synergy right there. However, like I've told you before, that popularity boom is most of the times apparent for Seiyuu. The popularity Seiyuu experience as part of successful 2D music projects seldom carries over to Seiyuu debuting as artists. I believe, however, that although those are golden chances to earn a lot of money and may only come once in their career, and with luck can lead to solid careers, then successful cases are more than the successful ones to justify jumping on the hype. Thus, in my opinion, I believe Seiyuu shouldn't kick off solo careers based on a particular isolated boom in popularity. If it is a continuous rise in popularity that is accumulating the more projects they join and work in, then there's that golden opportunity. 
people are genuinely interested in that case. There's genuine popularity there, not just sporadic. Why should Seiyu wait to make a solo debut? After all these, you may already have a clear idea of what I think is the best approach for Seiyu wanting to make solo debuts. I believe Seiyu must be more patient. They need to wait for a good opportunity that leverages both their experience and skills. Yes, Seiyu will want to capitalize right now on the popularity they have because of a 2D music project before that project fades away. Yes, that opportunity may only come once in their career and then music labels lose interest in them, but think with me. If the music label was only interested in them because of their popularity in a specific 2D music project, was that going to be a good solo debut had the CU signed to it? I reckon it wouldn't be a good one, and once that popularity faded away, the CU would slowly find their activities as a solo artist reduce and eventually come to an end. There may be diamonds in the rough in the CU that make solo debuts really early on in their career, but those are exceptions. At the same time, CU making debuts a bit later in their career should ponder well the timing in which they do so in order to avoid failing at something that can only be done once in their career, which is to make a solo debut. Mistimed debuts To wrap up this episode, let me talk a bit about mistimed debuts. This is something that is beyond frustrating from a fan's standpoint to follow. As a fan, you are aware of the skills your favorite say you have. Some say you are genuinely good singers with skills that even others say you recognize, and you start getting excited about the prospect of them making their solo debuts. However, if they mistime their debuts, it can lead to frustration after frustration. Let me illustrate this with two cases that you may already have heard a lot about. Tasuko Hatanaka and Takuya Sato. I've talked plenty about both throughout the podcast's episodes, but I'll say it again. Tasuko Hatanaka's lack of success as a solo artist is a result of bad timing, lack of direction with his career, and wants to do everything while not specializing in anything sound-wise. Tasuko Hatanaka made his solo debut in the summer of 2017. In that year, and in the exact same season, Soma Saito made his solo debut. They were the buzzworthy solo debuts of 2017. Both made solo debuts under major music labels. Both performed pop music in their debut CD. Both were, and still are, pointed out as massively talented singers among Seiyuu. On paper, it looks like Hatanaka should be out there at the top of popularity as an artist alongside Saito, yet he isn't. The question is, how come Hatanaka failed to find success as a solo artist? Bad timing, going head-to-head -head with the obviously more experienced and popular Soma Saito, and the lack of consistency in his solo career in terms of having a sound people can say it is his, are at the core of his lack of success. Also, when Saito followed the basic rookie artist formula of releasing two singles in the same year and in quick succession, 
Hatanaka took almost a full year to release his second single, thus leading to all momentum and hype about him as a solo artist to fade away. To top it all off, there seems like there is no big plan being followed as an artist. You can't notice his growth as he keeps changing music styles and singing techniques. That makes it impossible for people to follow him with more attention and that's because while some may be fans of one of his CDs, they aren't of the others because every single CD is completely different in tone and sound. All things considered, I believe Hatanaka should have made his solo debut in 2020 instead of 2017. People started to notice him with a bit more seriousness because of Dying Wish, single featured as the opening theme in Moriarty the Patriot. Fans continued to follow him in Twisted Hearts, as the tone was fairly similar across both singles. Then you have his popularity due to the sports anime Skate the Infinity and his work in the Paradox Live franchise as part of Akan Yatra. If there ever was a perfect time to make a solo debut for him was in 2020, when he was already with a solid repertoire as a Seiyuu and had a good batch of popular 2D music projects under his belt. He should have waited a couple of years to make his solo debut, after all, he's still young. In 2020, he was 25 years old, the perfect time for a solo debut. There was no need to rush it at all and make a debut in 2017. That delayed debut, allied to a certain direction for him as a solo artist, would have put him out there on top alongside Soma Saito and Yumo Uchida as the most popular artists among the 90s generation of Seiyuu. Unfortunately, as a fan of his singing skills, it is frustrating seeing that people notice him, but it seems that something isn't clicking because his sales are poor for every single CD of his, even if there's hype surrounding a specific song. Takuya Sato is yet another good example. I find his solo debut to be quite unexpected, as Sato has always been really popular as a narrator, but he is yet to experience the same level of popularity and recognition as a voice actor in anime or as part of 2D groups. In 2015, he made his solo debut under Frontier Works, and surprisingly, all his CDs ranked within Oricon's top 40. After releasing several CDs performing fairly well, his solo career activities halted with the release of Monologue. Parallel to that was still a sparse stream of roles in anime, which meant that exposure to the masses was very little, which doesn't help putting his name on the spotlight. I believe Sato is yet another case of a rushed debut, not because he was considered young by the time he made his debut, but because he made it when he was not that popular, not having enough work done in 2D music projects that would draw some people to his solo work. If Sato had waited to make a solo debut in 2019 or even 2020, he could still be active as a singer. Capitalizing on his popularity from the anime series he's worked in since 2015, as well as his work with the popular 2D group now turned into a 3D group, Trigger would be certain to make his solo career a success. 
People have noticed him, he's got a strong, passionate following. I believe that now, because of Alpella, Sato could have a chance at perhaps restarting his solo career. It could work this time around even if it is not a debut. He's the type of talent that Lantis or Pony Canyon would pick and embrace. At least if he wanted to return to the music industry as a solo act, I'd love to see him succeed. He does really have an insane talent as a singer, as proven by all his work in the various 2D music projects he's a part of, and even as a solo artist, even if his songs were not extraordinary, he always delivered his best outperforming the instrumentals given to him. However, by the end of this episode, these are only just what-ifs. Saying that CU need to perfectly time their debuts may sound impossible or even ridiculous to you, but let me tell you that music labels, the big ones, do exactly that. They survey the market, wait for the perfect opportunity and sign to that CU they wanted, thus making a debut in the time they deem perfect, usually without big competition for them to perform well on the Oricon's charts. After that, it's a matter of nurturing their CU artist as a performer or their CU artist growing and wanting to be serious about creating their music. That, paired up with a consistent sound, their experience and singing skills is a recipe for long-lasting success. It is already insanely difficult for popular CU to actually be popular as singers. And it takes a lot of preparation, a good team, an equally good music label with resources and the Seiyu's popularity for some success to happen. Now tell me, what do you think? Should Seiyu make solo debuts when they feel like it or play it safe instead? Let me know in the comments below and remember, leave your comments as complex or as simple as they may be and you can be featured on upcoming episodes of Seiyu Lounge. If you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss the hand that feeds HQ's weekly mail CU and music-related content, hit the subscribe button. I'll return next week with another episode of CU Lounge. Thank you for listening and see you guys around. <laughs>